Who's the most irreplaceable player for the Seahawks this year? Is it Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Percy Harvin, or someone else? Meaning if one of those guys got hurt, what would hurt the team the most? We head out to uh, Tim Booth. He covers the Seahawks for the AP. Tim, I'll ask you that question. Who is the most irreplaceable player for the Seahawks this year? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with an other, and I would probably say Earl Thomas. Um, I just think I just think so much of what they're able to do defensively is because uh, – is because Earl's back there. You know, if if they lost Russell um, or they lost Marshawn, that would be a huge hit, and they would have to change a little bit of what they do offensively. But uh, you know, this team is still known and, and kind of built around around that defense. And, and it, to me, it all starts with with Earl Thomas in the back. So if something happened to him, I think that would. Uh, that would be the most drastic blow for this team. So they gave up 255 yards to the Packers, which it does seem like a million years ago. But are, are they that good? Uh, was that an anomaly, or are they that good again this year? I, I think they have the potential to be that good. I think there's there's a few more concerns, at least at this point, um, You know, this point being week two, uh, this year than, the, than I think there were last year at this time. And I, the two areas are kind of, what are they going to do with their nickel cornerback position? Because... Uh, Jeremy Lane's now out until after the midseason point with, with a groin injury, and then kind of figuring out the defensive line. But as, as good as they were about keeping everything in front of them against Green Bay and, and really limiting that passing game from, from ever gaining anything going downfield, um, they really didn't get a whole lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And that, and that defensive line and that pass rush is, is very much a work in progress, and it probably will be for, for the first you know, four or five weeks of the season. Um, but I, but I think the potential is there for this defense to be as good as it was, as it was a year ago. I mean, you think about how Green Bay got their points. I mean, their their, their touchdown came off of a came off of a, a you know a fumbled punt and having a short field. So um, they the, the pieces are there for them to be as good defensively as, as they were a year ago. And and you kind of take a step back. And, and 255 yards doesn't doesn't sound like that great of a number, but when you look back at what Aaron Rodgers has done since he's been a starter with the Packers, it was one of the one of the worst offensive performance performances Green Bay has had. So, um, so it was it was it was a good start, but I think there's a there's a few worries or concerns going forward that they that they want to try and get solved sooner than later. We're talking with Tim Booth. He covers the Seahawks for the AP. You know, I answer the question, uh, Percy Harvin, for me. I, for some reason, I think he just adds so much this year to his team after losing Golden Tate. But, you know, it's weird. It seemed like we always heard about nagging migraines, nagging injuries, and even last year obviously missed the most of the season. How is his health right now as we head into Week 2? We haven't heard anything about stuff like that. And I think that's, I think that's a huge positive sign. Um, he, he talked about during training camp about how he, had, he hadn't felt this good since before he got to Florida and, and was in college. Um, you know, the, the migraine issue seems to have corrected itself. It, 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 ha, it wasn't really an issue his last season in Minnesota, and it hasn't been something that he's uh, talked about uh, or having an issue with since he got to Seattle, whether it was in, in his limited time last year or yet this season. Um, you know, it, it, you're, you're right. Kind of those nagging little things seem to be seem to be gone with him, and and you know he sure he sure looks like he's healthy. I mean that the, that that speed element is just it's so eye popping, and I don't even on TV I don't think I don't think people get a full um, appreciation for just how fast he is and how how much faster he is than pretty much everyone else on the field. So um, he, he I I don't disagree with what you with what you said. I think I think he would. He would be a tremendous blow, but 
they they won they figured out a way to win last season without him. Um, but having him around, man, sure sure changes the dynamic of what they can do offensively. Uh, Tim Booth, who covers uh, the Seahawks for the AP. And you can give us a call, Seahawks. We're talking about them all hour long, 417-7575. All right, they head to San Diego this week, uh, a road game here for them. And, you know, kind of a similar team they're playing here. they got a dynamic quarterback they have to worry about shutting down, a pretty decent wide receiver in Floyd. What do you think concerns them most about the uh, San Diego offense heading into week two? I, I think it's I think it's exactly what you talked about. I think it's that passing game and – and the fact that, um, you know, if you give Philip Rivers time, he, he's going to have opportunities to try and find, find openings in that, in that defense. In, in a funny way, as, as loaded as Seattle's schedule is here at the start of the season with Green Bay, San Diego, and Denver to start off, they're all very similar teams in a way. They're all very uh, heavily based around the pass. They all like to play a little bit of a quick tempo. So in game planning for one, in a way you're kind of game planning for all three. So I don't think – the style that San Diego wants to play is going to catch Seattle by uh, by surprise or is, or is a massive change from what they did last week against against Green Bay. Um, the one upside for Seattle is that Phillip Rivers doesn't have the same movement within the pocket that Aaron Rodgers does. And so if they can get that pass rush going and get some pressure on him, he's going to, he, you know, he's going to be on the spot. He's going to be there to hit if they can get, if they can get home. So, um, but again, San Diego's, you know, offensive line is in a little bit of flux. They lost their starting center this, you know, this week went on IR with a with a neck injury. So, um, I I think that I think the, the the potential is there for them to make Philip Rivers' day pretty um, pretty miserable if they can if they can get that pass rush going. Tim, you know, the ironic thing and the biggest problem the NFL is having right now, obviously, is their image. And, and unfortunately, or fortunately for Seattle fans, they have a guy that the NFL should be showcasing more now than ever. And Russell Wilson, I mean, talk about a straight-edge guy who's got it all together. Uh, these are the kind of images that the NFL Players Association and the NFL themselves should be pushing to the forefront now more than ever. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, Russell's, Russell has the image of, of – um, of the perfect clean-cut, uh, you know, gubernatorial candidate or, or presidential candidate. I mean, that's that's really how he um, how he comes across, and and it's and it's not. I, I won't say what what Russell is 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 a is a fake persona, but everything he does is by design. Everything he does is calculated. The the way he presents himself, both with the media, with his teammates, um, when he's out in public, when he's doing charity events, it's. That's who he wants. That's the image he wants to portray, and it's the image of who he is. Um, and in this time where you've got all these different uh, issues coming up, whether it's whether it's the handling of Ray Rice or or guys like Greg Hardy and Ray McDonald still playing, or mm. today with the Adrian Peterson news, um, it the, the league needs to be thankful they have a guy like like Russell who so far hasn't had any issues, and they can showcase they could they could showcase it if they wanted to as as kind of the, um, in a way, kind of the model citizen that, they, that the league wants to have. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he, he, he probably should be getting more attention, but um, with, all this other, with all this other stuff going on, even the Super Bowl champs are getting kind of overshadowed right now. <laughs> Uh, Tim Booth, who covers the Seahawks for the AP, and obviously the NFL is taking it on the chin all week long. You cover the NFL. Uh, we got to get your thoughts on all of this as well with the, the news, of, of course, of Adrian Peterson coming down today. We, we were talking about this could be the worst 
PR week in the history of the league. Uh, outside of maybe going back to when the Scabs played, this is as bad as it gets for this league. Yeah, off the top of my head, I, I couldn't think of I couldn't think of a worse week. Um, and it, and it, it from, from the from the league standpoint, it couldn't be the worst time because you're coming into a season where uh, you know you've got a ton of excitement, a ton of anticipation. You have new stadium opening down in in San Francisco. You've got a new Super Bowl champ that um, everyone seems to either love or hate because of because of the way they play. Uh, you've got you had a lot of really good football stories, um, and then just to be completely overshadowed as soon as Week One ends by all this off the field, um, you know, troubles is is just a massive PR nightmare for the league. Um, and then so it's it's. It is. It is about the worst week that you could imagine. Um, I, there isn't. There isn't a PR handbook for how you handle this if, if you're the NFL. At, at some point, they've got to try and get out in front of us as much as they can on this. I think the Vikings took the right move today by deactivating Adrian Peterson for this week. Don't don't make his presence on the field any more of a of a story or a distraction than what's already happening. Um, off the field with him. I thought that was a really smart move that the Vikings did, and 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 it might be a move that that the Panthers and the and the 49ers, you know, take into consideration if they want to kind of quell some of the, um, you know, some some of the 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 swell of of um, criticism that's coming their way for for what their players did off the field too. So, um, but yeah, it's it, it's about as as bad a week as as. I don't think you'd come up with a story to, 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 to put together this bad of a week for, for one entity like the NFL. You, you can follow him at by Tim Booth. He covers the Seahawks for the AP. Thanks for joining the show, and uh, we love uh, uh, hearing when you have to think about this win that they're going to get in San Diego, my friend. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. That, of course, is uh, Tim Booth, uh, writes for the AP 